Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Theory and Theology. Today we are back with another episode um, about the Crow Reservation in Montana. Um, So this episode will be covering um, the topic called residence. Residence. So... Uh, people who live on tribal lands. Now, whether or not these are tribal or non-tribal people, this is what we're going to be talking about. Um, if you like this topic, please check out the topic about hunting and food, as well as the topic about tradition and the intro about... Uh, Peter Santanella's overall video um, and how James and his father Julian were showing everyone around on video on the Crow Reservation. Uh, I think they started in in Hardin, Montana, um, I believe. So, um... You know, I've, I found it important to, you know, post this type of content, even though it's kind of a form of reposting, um, but I'm not firsthand talking to the people, um, you know, I'm not on the reservation firsthand. I think I've mentioned, you know, I have uh, Crow heritage that I'm not really all that connected to currently, at least to my own knowledge. Um... And, you know, it's, it's always, you know, history and, um, you know, my own, um, kind of genetic makeup has always been interesting and important to me. Just, you know, I remember like when I was younger looking up things in encyclopedias and then just noticing that you know, as I got older, it's getting easier and easier to come across content, but, you know, up until during the pandemic, there wasn't really a lot of content about Indigenous American groups um, that was, like, in the mainstream media. I think the first things I started seeing were, um, you know, people on TikTok um, doing, like, spiritual cultural dancing um and also coming across people on um, youtube and instagram just in social media spaces talking about you know um the residential schools and it's not that i didn't know anything before that it's just you know it wasn't always like first on my radar I did actively take a course in college um I think it was called like Native American history and you know I got interested in the local powwow uh that was held at the um at the college and um I'll probably go this year or the next time they have it um 
and I was aware of powwows.com since the first time I went when I was in college, probably back in like 2003, 2004-ish. Um, I started getting interested in that website and then uh, books, you know, just reading books and things. But other than maybe people that I came across that were from different indigenous cultures or like isuma.tv, um, more about like Alaskan natives and, um, you know, I, I wasn't really coming across a lot of different content. Um, just like it wasn't being recommended to me. I just wasn't coming across a lot of it easily. And the stuff I came across, it was like a lot of digging and which I appreciate, which I like, but it was like, I guess my biggest concern is usually because I don't really know where the, where the sources are coming from. I don't really, I was never really like sure, like, okay, can I even post about any of this? Because I don't really know, like, who's saying this. And, like, I already don't trust history books. So the first thing I think when I hear, like, a class, you know, when it comes to different groups of history, I'm already, like, uh, I'm not really, like, buying all of this, you know. But that class was really good. It wasn't, like, uh, too whitewashed or anything. But it was a little... Uh, it was more like about the cult it was more like about culture it wasn't so much about like the historical politics and I I got more interested in historical politics of things um but it was just really hard to come across information so now that people are speaking out more in social media is like um you know showing different groups of people and talking about how they are experiencing life now I'm getting a much bigger picture of a lot of different groups of people that are definitely um uh have been I feel like there's been an attempt to silence these people and an attempt to make it so their stories were not known um, the reason why I think that is because of how much time I spend studying cultures and how much time I spend on social media and how many decades it's taken to uh, be able to come across content that's like even modern day, like when they were talking about like Turtle Island and like, you know, people getting abducted and all kinds of different topics that you kind of see online and videos going viral and things like that like I feel like before there wasn't maybe a lot of that content being pushed or being made known or maybe it was being hidden uh algorithms have the power to do that um so let's get into the actual topic. Uh, when we're talking about residents on the Crow land, um, you know, James referred to it as checkered, meaning that, you know, it's not all like, like the tribal people live right here and then the non-tribal people live all on this side. It's a combination of people living next to each other, like 
you know, maybe there's a couple ranches and a couple houses and a couple trailers and some of those will be um, tribal people, some of those will be non-tribal people, um, but there is some controversy with non-tribal members on reservation land, so uh, they mentioned that reservation tribal lands can be owned or leased by non-tribal members. Uh, as well as by tribal members um and a lot of lands were sold at the at the 1800s prices the prices that the lands would have cost in the 1800s um those those prices were used for the non-tribal people to buy the lands and um the lands that were being sold had auctions that were hidden from the Crow tribal people. Um, So this goes against what's called Native Crow preference laws. So basically, um, when the Crow tribal people were trying to buy the land, it usually isn't offered as cheap as those eighteen as those prices from back in the eighteen hundreds at that ultra reduced price um and also with native crow preference laws um the crow tribal people are usually supposed to be notified about the auctions so that they'll have the preference you know they're supposed to be able to know first. Um, but there's a lot of red tape, it sounds like, either, um, the auctions being hidden from the Crow tribal people, or, um, there's red tape to, you know, being able to get the lands at those prices, even if they do know, the price rates aren't, can, aren't really, um, the same, you know, if you think about the current housing crisis, with prices price ranges everything now in 2022 costs so much more than it even did in 2020 sorry in 2019 and so with inflated rates if you think about 18 prices from the 1800s i mean i don't even know what the heck like i remember i don't even know what 1800s prices would be but i remember when i was a kid like um from what i remember even in the 90s a postage stamp used to cost 25 cents i remember when gasoline wasn't even a dollar yet um and so if you think about most things being about four times more than what they used to cost even in the 1990s I mean I don't know like in the 1800s (laughs) I mean that's way before so I can't even imagine um So, when non-tribal people own tribal land, there creates other issues, uh, such as not allowing the crow to hunt on the lands that were leased, um, and those lands, you know, so if the lands were leased by non-tribal people, and then crow are not allowed to hunt on those lands it's limiting the allow uh, the amount of land that can be hunted on um to for people to sustain themselves and some of those lands that are being leased 
to non-tribal people and the non-tribal people who don't allow the tribal members to hunt on their land. Now, I'm not saying all, but the amount of them that do, um, I don't know if it's all, it might be all, it might not be all, but, um, they didn't mention a percentage, but, um, those are traditional hunting areas, um, and they're leased or purchased by non-natives. And then when you think about businesses, there's what's called unrestricted fee lands. Unrestricted fee lands. So those are, uh, so with unrestricted fee lands, what happens is a non-tribal member can do whatever they want to do. So there's an example that we'll talk about later on um, in another episode where there's a, a a non-native a non-tribal person who has um a business property on tribal land and because it's an unrestricted fee land they're able to have this business of you know selling fireworks now in the state of Montana there are certain types of fireworks you're not allowed to have but because it's unrestricted these non-tribal people on tribal land are able to use that unrestricted aspect to sell whatever they want to sell do whatever they want to do um and they mentioned that there's a difference between non-crow versus crow owning lands and a strict there's a stricter process for crow to own unrestricted fee lands so there's a stricter process in place if a crow wanted to own a certain uh you know land and make a firework stand there's a lot more um strict rules for the process that the crow have to use to get the land um they mentioned that there's some old rules we'll talk about this later too there's some old rules about um how you know it sounds like there there can be like a 15 year process um where someone has to prove in quotes you know they're a good indian uh that they know you know about business and they know how to you know do what it is that they're gonna do versus you know someone else who just comes in non-tribal person you know anybody from any other place can just come in and just start using the land to do things that wouldn't even be necessarily legal in the state itself um that's why it's called unrestricted um um it says they said that chairman their chairman that sign off land and parts of the mountain and those were being given away um so it's making it so that some of the crow rights are being reduced because of some of the hunting rights being uh reduced um some some of the um amount of 
available um you know lands to hunt on or animals to hunt or they're being restricted with telling them you know you can't get past this amount of you know uh you can't hunt past a certain amount um you know versus before there were no restrictions to the hunting and you know restrictions to getting businesses uh, restrictions to getting land that's affordable for housing or cheaper housing. I mean, this is on their own tribal land within their own reservation that there are all these restrictions going on. So, um, I wanted to post about this. You know, I found this very fascinating, terrible, terrible, um, you know, uh, policies being placed against the pr- the Crow tribal people, but it's also interesting that it's not mainstream knowledge. I mean, if you think if this was happening in another place in an American city in the U in the U S um, on, you know, non reservation land. Now I understand with history, you know, all the land is indigenous land um, but, you know, if you just talk about, you know, how it's kind of set up now that people were killed, tortured, you know, um, experienced a lot of hardships, difficulties, different methods to of uh, being killed and exterminated, basically, uh, systematically, as well as other ways. Um, you know, like I'm in LA right now, you know, this wasn't always just, you know, American people living here. Um, there was no such thing as an an American at a certain point. So it's kind of like, okay, if I think about LA, let's use an example like South Central Los Angeles, right? So think about South Central Los Angeles, uh, there are multiple races that live there, but let's just think about modern day. If it was South Central Los Angeles, and I'm just trying to like play this through my mind, so I'm, I'm, I mean, it's not the same scenario, but I'm just trying to think it through in a way that, you know, um, might sound more relatable for people. You know, take a city like South Central Los Angeles, predominantly um, black in a lot of places in that city right um if you think you know if if you know these specific things were happening like say there were you know people who were not from south central that they notice if it wasn't a black person that comes that's not from south central and wants to own land they could do it and the rules are different for those people than they are for the black people living in that city. If the black people wanted to do it, there's red tape. Say, you know, there's no hunting really in South Central. Like, people don't really hunt in L.A. It's not really like you hunt in the middle of the city. You might fish in some places. I've seen people fish at the beach or whatever, but off the pier, I don't know. Um, or out on boats and stuff, but that's not like ultra, ultra common, but... 
if you think about that, if people were fishing to sustain themselves in other cities, but then they weren't able to, you know, work or buy stuff in their own city at the same rate or same cost or within the same rules as other people who came from another city, you know, if your driver's license has an address that's in South Central versus someone else whose driver's license is from, you know, a city not too far from from there, like Hollywood, Silver Lake, I don't know, Redondo Beach, Long Beach, like whatever. Like, it just depends what your ID says and what race you are. The rules are different. I mean... I mean that 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 does that is true as it is but it's like there aren't really laws in place about it it's kind of like the system set up that way but also you know it's disguised as a form of as equal in south central but I'm not gonna get into the whole thing but if you think about it just that way if your ID and your race allowed you different privileges in a city that you weren't even in that you could go there and get some advantage over a different race and um, residential resident status, you know, that would not be okay. You know, even if you weren't that race, even if you weren't a black person, even if you were, you know, Japanese or Chinese or a white person, you know, you'd probably be like, oh, wow, the black people who live in South Central aren't able to buy houses at a cheap rate the rate is inflated for them you know they're not being given you know the same rights at all or you know like you would notice it and you you know most people would be like what the f you know like how is that even like a thing um but i mean for some reason i guess it's allowed on a reservation um I don't know why it's allowed um I know that you know I'm trying to understand more about what they keep mentioning about about tribal government um the structure of the tribal government kind of how it seems like it seems like a corrupt system from what I'm gathering and it seems like everything trickles down from there because the tribal government is pretty much controlled and controlling what happens on the reservation to my understanding uh but the tribal government is controlled by the US government like they tell the tribal tribal government what is allowed the tribal government isn't able to just make up their own tribal laws for their own reservation and stick to it. Um, I mean, they can, but I mean, if there's someone above them telling them how they can and can't do things, it sounds like there's definitely an agenda to not keep things equal for the residents. Um, not even equal, but it, for them to not have um, preference like their preference is being taken away their um, priority is being taken away 
on almost all levels and we'll get into different topics too but I mean I'm seeing more and more how this is not okay but um also what's bothering me about a lot of it is not only that it's not okay but that it's not known uh people don't know about it people don't speak about it uh people aren't learning about it um and i mean it could happen to anybody um you know it's easy to be like oh well at least it's not it's not me you know at least i'm okay but i mean as a black person it, i don't really say that too much but um I mean, I have my own set of privileges as it is for sure, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's some pretty heavy stuff, some pretty deep topics, some pretty, um, I don't know, to me, it feels pretty one-sided, like, I, I, I try to take a pretty open-minded stance on things, I wonder what the non-tribal people's viewpoints are, even though I almost don't want to know and I almost don't want to just try to justify what they do. Like, I don't see anything wrong with with tribal people wanting their own lands and wanting everyone who's non who's non-tribal to not have the same privilege or more privileged than they do on their own reservations um I don't see anything wrong with that you know because I mean the cultures have gone through so much like uh I mean we could always argue you know people can always argue okay that's how war is you know um but, you know, when wars happen, you know, and different people come in and conquer and take over and all that kind of stuff, like, um, I don't know, I think that there does need to be some kind of limit to what you can do, you know, you can't just bully your way into a space and put up your flag and be like, all right, we're making all the rules now because we can overtake you physically and systemically and whatever else. Um, but I know there are people who believe otherwise, so it's like, how how do you even get, you know, people to even see eye to eye on, like, how to treat, how to treat these types of uh people their situations their opportunities um they're i mean they're totally capable of living their own way um they were doing it already they didn't need other people to come in um they were doing fine um you know and, you know, I think about it because, you know, another part of my heritage, the majority of my heritage is from, you know, indigenous Africans, which it's like, okay, like, um, 
you know, they have their own things happening in those countries. And it's not, you know, the colonialization uh, kind of... Um, um is it's just something that you know i know that i i benefit from it but at the same time i have a hard time fully agreeing with all of it like it definitely has its luxuries um to the structure of things but you know there's also its disadvantages so um and it can kind of create problems a lot of problems um to have that as like the only method of thinking the only way to try to do things that everybody in the world needs to kind of live like that you know is kind of crazy to think that way um i like diversity i like that people have differences um you know it's Um, I don't know. Every culture has has its benefits and has its kind of downsides. But, um, you know, I haven't really yet found a way to really talk about these things. Because I'm still learning how to even, like, verbalize what I even think. Um... I've probably hit a topic where I don't really have too much of a, an unbiased perspective or too much of like a, a, a inability to really see multiple sides on, on some of this. You know, I feel like there is a certain point where um, there should be a limit. Um, I don't know what that limit is, what it looks like. But with just this topic of, you know, different types of residents on tribal reservation land, and this is just one type of tribe, one reservation in one state. There are multiple tribes, there are multiple bands of tribes, there are multiple different cultures and subcultures and multiple reservations multiple tribal lands and traditional lands that might not even be on the actual physical reservations i mean is basically just uprooting and trying to force different cultural groups to kind of fit in like square peg in a round hole you know like try to cram this in here make it work the way that we need it to work because it won't work if they're just doing their own thing um it'll work for them and I, I know the U.S. government does have that stance of like well you know we need this to be you know functioning in a way that we can trade with them that we can have some kind of a political go um that's definitely the way our government operates uh we've seen it in the middle east we've seen it 
all over, you know, in, in East Asia, not East Asia, in, um, well, yeah, East Asia, um, we've seen it in, um, I was gonna say Eastern Europe, um, I don't know, I, I definitely have a problem with a lot of it, but, um, uh, we'll see, we'll see, I mean, how far I can get to learning, um, some different topics, um, I'm not quite done with this topic about the Crow Reservation, but, um, as far as about the residents, uh, that's pretty much all I can really say, um, I'm still kind of learning to think about and talk about, um, this type of topic, because it is relatively new to me still, to some extent, um, but with that, thanks for listening. Thank you.